This is The Iliac Suite, a podcast on AI-driven music. Join me as we dive into the ever-evolving world of AI-generated music, where algorithms become the composers and machines become the virtuosos. Yes, this music and text was written by a computer and I am not real, but... I am and my name is Dennis Kastrup. Hello humans. New year, here I am. AI and music, such a grand slam. 2024, that's the year. Can you feel it? The new episode is near artificial intelligence. I love this trend. A true love story with no end. The Iliac Suite is so sweet, sweet, sweet. The Iliac Suite keeps the beat, beat, beat. You are probably asking yourself now, what is he talking about, right? Or how is he talking? Or what is he doing? Well, what you did not know, these are the lyrics of a song I created with the new generative AI Suno. I love it. It's a game changer. You put in text prompts and it creates a whole song. Yes, a whole song with a singing voice. That is totally new in the space. So what you just heard are my lyrics I made up with the help of the page Rhyme Zone. A little bit cheap, I know, because I just put in some words and it put out some rhymes. But it is just for fun. And I asked Suno to write me a rap song. So here we go. Yo. Hello humans, new year, here I am. AI and music, such a grand slam. 2024, that's the year. Can you feel it? The new episode is near. Artificial intelligence, I love this trend. A true love story with no end. The Iliac sweet is so sweet, sweet, sweet. The Iliac sweet keeps the beat, beat, beat. Isn't that amazing? I mean, yes, of course, this is not even close to a good rap, but I am impressed. And the best thing about it is, It is so funny. I don't, e I don't even know when I had so much fun the last time with an AI. Maybe I will dig into that application in one of the next episodes a bit deeper here on the Iliac Suite because I think it's worth it. But today we will talk about some other application called Museo, which was acquired by SoundCloud, founded by Aaron Peterson and Hazel Savage in 2018. On their website it says, we automate tagging, supercharge search and provide highly detailed music analysis and reports for customers around the world. What that has to do with artificial intelligence and how it exactly works, that is what I wanted to know from Hazel. Let me introduce her to you. Okay, I can't stop it. Suno AI does it. This was the third time I met Hazel. Some years ago I did a report about her for German radio and I saw her at South by Southwest last year. 
Hazel is such a great example for people working in the music and AI field. She was a punk rock girl. She came from the music scene and then connected herself kind of with technology. In 2022, she got the Woman in Music Award. Here is her story. My very, very first job when I started in the in the industry was I used to work at a record store in uh, in London called HMV on Oxford Street. And that was when I was like 21. So like immediately out of out of university, that was the, the first thing that I did. And then after HMV, very quickly, I was working for uh, Shazam and then had a career at Shazam, Universal, Pandora, BandLab, and a lot of the music tech companies Um moving up from there so and I was a, I was a musician as well so I got my first guitar when I was 13 um, and I used to play in a band used to play in an all-girl punk band in London uh, so yeah so I very much came at it from I was a musician uh, I worked in the music industry and just had a passion for all thi all things related related to the space so it was very natural that that I would also build a company in this space. Hazel is talking about her musical background as an all-girl punk band. So I searched for that all-girl punk band and I found them. Ging Kinta, if I pronounced that right. Three girls, one mission, punk. Here they are from their 2015 EP. The song is called Of Course. Oi.
Hazel Savage with her band Ginkinta and her punk rock song Oi and I add another Oi, Oi, Oi. By the way, her co-founder and partner at Museo is a heavy metal lover. What a wonderful combination. Metal and punk. Wonderful. These days, she is not in a punk band anymore, I think, but maybe what she did back then with Museo was a bit punk rock too, as the two founders were kind of the first in that field to let an AI run over text to understand patterns. Museo by SoundCloud, as we're now officially called, because Museo was acquired in 2022 by SoundCloud, uh, we, are, we describe ourselves as an artificial intelligence for the music industry. But what we are is we're a descriptive AI. So we do metadata tagging. So if you want to know the key, the BPM, the mood, the genre, whether there's a vocal, whether auto-tune's been used, the quality of the recording, uh, we can assign all of that metadata to tracks. And we do it to the tune of about 5 million tracks a day globally via our API service. So we're a B2B company. Um, we have descriptive metadata that we sell to other music companies and SoundCloud was one of our biggest clients before uh, before we sold to them. So um, so that's kind of what we do. That's the space that we play in. So, you know, being able to analyze each individual audio file, to be able to, you know, listen to music using AI, uh, being able to understand what we have and then, you know, adding that metadata, creating playlists, searching databases. Um, so that's what Museo does. We call it descriptive AI. So they started this company around six years ago now. During that time, I had a weekly column on my favorite radio station, Radio 1 in Berlin. If you will ever be in that city and you are still into linear radio, which I love, by the way, tune into Radio 1. They are the best in Berlin, but you can also listen to it online. Radio 1. Well, I was talking on that station about music and technology. A lot of robots were on the this, on this show, musical programs that wrote soundtracks to daily life, not an AI, and also a lot of wearables. It was that time. But I also remember I talked about Lander, the first music production software that used AI for the output of a song. And I also remember that people were backing up back then when they heard AI in the context of art in general. How was it with Museo? When I first started uh, Museo back in 2018, I, you know, we'd, we'd just come off the back of like five or six companies that were in the generative AI space that had all built companies and then kind of all run out of money because the demand wasn't there for what they were doing. So even when we first came out in 2018, we kind of came out as the in opposition to generative AI, as in like AI for good, look at all the cool stuff we can do to help artists be discovered and help artists be found. And we're not here to replace musicians. That was kind of how we set the stall out. Um, and, I still do, and, and I still do believe that to a large extent these days, I think it's really important that you only train AI on legally acquired or legally acqu uh, licensed data. That was something we did from the beginning as well, because, you know, I do believe that that content has a value. And, you know, if big tech just take whatever they want, it's the music industry that, that will suffer. Um, and also as well, I've kind of over the years, I've seen there not really be much demand for like a wholly created AI artist people still want that little bit of connection. Um, I do think the companies that are coming out now with generative AI, um, and you look at maybe Boomi or Soundful, companies like this, they're doing much more interesting things in the generative AI space. And so the market's kind of 
flipped and gone full circle. But we very much just positioned ourselves in a, this is not what we're doing. We're descriptive AI, we're assistive, we do playlisting, we do curation, we do search, we do discovery. Um, we're helping existing music. Um, what we're not doing is is generating more content. And I do still think as an industry, we haven't really got there around what we're going to do with all of this massive influx of content. Um, because, you know, even sort of pre-generative AI, there's like 100,000 songs getting uploaded online every day. So if you could 10x that with generative AI, that's okay, that's fine. But we haven't really addressed what the true benefit is or what the true requirement is or why we need that much music or why we don't need that much music. And if we are going to gatekeep what gets uploaded and where, who's going to do that and why? Like those are the new questions I feel that are coming. With generative AI, there are a lot of songs floating the internet right now. A lot. And yes, I have played some of these too and there are a lot of bad songs. But it was fun. Nevertheless, we see now more and more songs that use AI and they stand out of the mass, like the ones from the user Glorb. I have been following him for a while and that is some amazing production here. The beats are insane, it all sounds really well produced and the rap is good too. What this guy does, he just runs an AI over his voice with the characters of Spongebob. That is accompanied by videos of that underwater world, mostly AI generated and his disclaimer about all of this goes like this. Fair use is a legal doctrine that promotes freedom of expression by permitting the unlicensed use of copyright protected works in certain circumstances. Section 107 of the Copyright Act provides the statutory framework for determining whether something is a fair use and identifies certain types of uses such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship and research as examples of activities that may qualify as fair use. This is parody. Glorp has clicks on YouTube and TikTok which are in the millions. On Reddit people are discussing which well-known rapper is behind that name. The opinion there is, this is so good that it must be a side project of someone famous. If it is some famous person. That's how you use your skills in a fun way with AI. If it is not, same, but maybe you will get big someday. So let's listen to that glorp. The name of the song is called STD and the name of the interpreter is called Dankton in reference to the Spongebob character Plankton. Fuck you, your formula and your dumb bitch of a daughter crabs. Gay! Go get up to die in original the foot. Yeah, came from the bottom, baby, I'm not getting stuck. We should lean by the leader like boo woo woo woo. We should lean by the leader like boo woo woo woo. Yeah, cooking cake crab on the stove with a formula. Whipping the bikini and bikini generators. Sipping on the lady while I'm leaning down the passenger. Puffing up a crab like paparazzi almost every morning. It's like it's Biggie versus Tobac Gun It's no Biggie, I smoke Tobac Sun My shit is told, it's a new track, boo I own the city and they knew that I'm eating burgers made of light, yeah This my buzz and this my light, yeah Fuck this bitch out with my money on the kitchen It's like I'm cutting Mr. Krabs, you know I'm right here Bobby's so rare, she a peasy I got the mag, I press Steely You're not a crab, you're a rap boy Talking to 
So you know it's gonna clip I got pearls on my neck, I'm in the charm bucket I got pearl giving neck and see a calm bucket You already saw this defeat, you can't unsuck it Your daddy crap it, I'm a demon, he's your own Let's come back to Hazel and Musil. So how do they label the music in their data set? That is one of the biggest challenges. And also as well, there are certain things I always say that are, that are objective and there are certain things that are subjective. So, for example, the BPM, you know, the how many beats per minute are in a song. That's not really up for debate. That's, a, that's almost like a mathematical fact. You count along and you know how many beats are in a minute of a song. Um, but then there are other things that are much more down to the individual, the individual person, the company, the musician. So, and that can be something like, you know, um, genres. And I always say, even from the perspective, you know, say we take a Bon Jovi song, you know, I might say, oh, it's, it's a rock song, it's hair metal. Um, but an AI could tag it as classic rock or just straight up rock. But then also, like likewise, if I say the, the genre rock to you, I might be thinking of, you know, bands and artists like... Um, you know, ACDC and Bon Jovi, someone else could be thinking Coldplay, someone else could be thinking the Beatles, you know, the original rock band. And so we, the way that we use these words is also challenging. And it is challenging to build a taxonomy that works for as many people as possible. But the way that we do that, or the way that we built it at Museo is we would just, we would start with, say, uh, a genre like rock. We would have our musicologists and we had our own music team in-house define the genre and write a description of, of what rock means in this AI model. So write down the characteristics, write down the examples, couple of links to, to tracks that would typify this. And then we would go, okay, this is our solid definition of rock. It's been through a couple of different people. We're confident. So now what we do is we're looking for two to 5,000 examples that typify the thing that we're trying to explain. So we're looking for two to 5,000 rock songs that anyone listening to them would hopefully agree, yes, that's a rock song. And then we basically give those 2,000 songs to the AI and we say, this is what rock looks like. This are, these are the examples. This is what we're trying to get you to understand. So that the next time the AI sees a song that has similar characteristics, features, to the songs that we've shown it, the 2,000, then it will be able to say, this is a rock song. And then we also let it give us sort of a percentage accuracy. So it might say rock brackets 40%. And what that means is it's 40% sure that rock is a good tag for this song. Or it might say rock 90%. It's very sure that this is a good tag. And so we offer between one and four genres per track that we're tagging. And really what we're trying to do is we're trying to get it as close as possible. Of course, there will always be, you know, some disagreements and some, you know, different opinions on how it works. But that's been our methodology and our approach. And, you know, it's it's worked really well for the majority of our clients. To sum it up, we still all need music experts, journalists, lovers to label the music that is already existing. There is no AI in the world able to do this on its own. My co-founder always used to say, uh, Aaron Peterson, a Swedish guy, always used to quote, I'm very, very good at building AI, but I'm not very good at judging the outcome. 
so, you know, as soon as he would train a model based on these definitions, it would go back to our musicology team who would then vet and review if the AI has achieved the accuracy. And you really need experts in a lot of different genres. You know, if somebody's going to review uh, the the category of Afrobeat, you know someone who, you need someone who's familiar with Afrobeat music. Um, and so we were really lucky. We had a team of usually around four uh, when we were based in Singapore. And obviously the sales team would jump in as well. You know, I'd, I'd be happy to cover the rock music, the classical, the Americana, the bluegrass, you know, that's that's my area. And, uh, and you know, be able to judge whether I thought those, those tags were accurate. And we came up with our own sort of QA system, our quality assurance that the model had achieved an accuracy level with which most of us musicians agreed with. Sometimes developers give their artificial intelligence names, like as they are human beings. Which is, by the way, a trend that I do not agree with, as it gives the false impression to people who don't really know a lot about artificial intelligence. And if you make a machine human, it's more impressive and it's also a little bit more scary. And also behind this, the human side could hide because they could always put in front the human name of a machine. So I think it's not a right thing to do. Musio did choose not to do that at all. It's not generalized intelligence. You know, it's not, it, it can't then go back and check its own work and decide if it's accurate enough or not. All it's really able to do is look at the features of those 2000 songs, compare them to something new we've showed it, and give a number percentage accuracy on the similarity. That's all it's doing. It's not truly listening. It's not truly, um, you know, hearing the music. It's just a, it's pattern recognition. Um, and it's so good that it comes across as an intelligence. But it, but it isn't really, it's not sentient. It's not making its own decisions. It's not, it's not an independent being. There's no Android. There's no sort of human <laughs> sort of appearance. In fact, we never even, you know, I think this, this was not so much an active decision, but we never gave the AI a name and we never talked about it as if it was its own person. I think that now we get that we're getting more into a, a sort of a branding methodology because we could have easily have said, oh, you know, it's called Rachel and it's uh, it's got its own thoughts and opinions. And I could see, I could see how, you know, you might do that from a, a branding perspective. Chatbots do it, right? They, they have names. But for us, it was always, no, this is a technology and a tool. Museo is the company. Um, the AI, it's not, we're not, we're not sort of, um, personifying it it doesn't have a name one thing we have not talked about so far where did the music come from that was in their database talking about copyrights hazel says it was all agreed on what they used when we built the company originally we started with a database of about a million tracks uh, that i did direct deals with three different companies to license that music so that we were training legally from day one back in 2018 and we basically built from there which is you know the very first version of our models were trained on those original million tracks or, or subsets of and now we provide our service as an api yes SoundCloud use our technology, so everything that's uploaded to SoundCloud gets the genres, the key, the mood added, all that kind of stuff. But we also still sell our technology to other third parties. Um, so, you know, BMG, um, uh, 
uh, trying to think of other other clients off the top of my head, downtown publishing, uh, uh, Sony Music, all use our technology to to tag various databases of music that they have as well. Let's hear another song from her and her band Ginkinta from the EP I found on Bandcamp, Bleeding Heart. And I think it is the most human music I've ever played here.
love it. Reminds me of the times when I was young and running around with t-shirts that had I like techno unplugged written on them. Times are changing and that is a good thing. I am very open now to new music and one reason is the huge amount of music that is available from all over the world right now. And the question remains though, are the AIs also fed with different music from different places? And if from which parts of the world? When we first started as a company, our first uh, classifier could only identify like 21 moods. And it was like rock, pop, classical, all the all the sort of the big hero genres. Uh, but we realized quickly that it wasn't super efficient because if you then showed uh, the AI, you know, say some Bollywood music, uh, it had no categorization for Bollywood music at all. And therefore it would give one of the other tags incorrectly, but with a very low similarity so we realized that we needed to expand that and and one of the things we did early in the company was launch uh, the sort of versions two and three of the of the genre classifier and i think now we're up to 84 distinct genres and we do have um some some ones in there like i said afrobeat we've got j-pop we've got c-pop mando pop so we are trying to recognize music from around the world in an ideal world I would love to be more granular on some of these cultural nuances. You know, so for example, we can identify Indian music, but what we don't currently do is identify, say, the top 20 subgenres of Indian music. Um, and I would love to be able to. We would we did a we did a research project on Indian music and we identified the 20 that we would do and that we were interested in. But as a small startup, we only ever really built what our customers were asking for. And I think maybe to date, we still don't actually have a client in India. And so therefore the decision for us is really around, has anyone asked us for this? Who's willing to pay for it? If they are, we'll build it. If they're not, we won't. So, you know, and same with Latin America as well. We don't have a huge foothold there. And of course there are lots of, um, I'm a big fan of, uh, of music out of Latin America myself, but there isn't a big, sort of appetite for our product in that region the biggest appetite for our product has been in the us has been in has been in europe um we do have a few in africa australia southeast asia and so really we kind of we don't build to spec but we respond in kind so this is what works in these markets and you know if the sort of the commercial opportunities come in other markets then we'll expand there as well. So we've done our best to kind of be as, you know, encompassing as possible and include as many global genres, but there probably are some local nuances that 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 we're just not capturing because of the with only 84 genres. I think, you know, like Apple Music streaming service has something like 800. You know, when you upload to Apple Music as a distributor, you choose from one of 800 genres. Um, so obviously we're no way, that's 10x more, we're no way that granular yet. Um, but technically the technology could get there if the commercial demand is also there for it. Let's come back one more time to the music AI generator Suno, which I mentioned in the beginning. It is amazing as it creates full songs, meaning you do not have to create melodies, rhythms or voices separately and then put them together. No, just put in your prompts and it will generate all this together. You can also write your own lyrics if you want to. 
So I thought as Hazel was talking about Indian music, I prompted lyrics about a podcast that talks about artificial intelligence and music in the musical style of Indian Bollywood music. To be honest, Indian music is not the strength of Suno so far. From innovation to creation, it's a fusion of two worlds. Let's dive into the future where the magic unfolds. Tune into the podcast, let's ignite the sparks. Artificial intelligence and music, and another nation of us. From Bollywood East to Melanie's that so high. Get ready for a musical journey. So let's imagine this is a generative AI song that might end up in the database of Musio and SoundCloud in the future. How do they deal with AI music? We don't just take anything that's uploaded to SoundCloud for data sets. So our data sets are still done with permission, with sign off, and they're also static to an extent. So it's not just that every single thing that gets uploaded instantly gets evolved into the model and so there would be a huge amount of data set cleaning that was needed uh, to be done um because i think yeah the, the worst case scenario is you end up training an ai on other types of ai and you just end up with a really weird circular poorly performing product so if we ever did want to you know say increase from 84 genres to 800 we'd be back with the musicologists we'd be back at you know looking at legally acquired data sets and doing it properly it wouldn't just be a case of absorbing everything that's that's uploaded to to soundcloud you know i absolutely think everyone's in agreement that nobody should use content that they don't have the rights to use um But it's it's an evolving space. And I think, you know, SoundCloud is is at the forefront of that. One thing I will say, and this is Hazel Savage, my personal opinion, is that as opposed to the company, is that I think the other thing people haven't understood yet is that there can be good and bad AI generated music. Like there's no press one big button and instantly an absolutely perfect song appears um a lot of what's generated using ai is not pleasant to listen to or not enjoyable and uh you know companies i'm really excited by a generative ai company called make it um which basically is generative ai but the first thing they've identified is that just because you give people ai tools and you give them ai voices and you give them you know, uh, the ability to create music without having learned an instrument does not mean that the output is is great. So I think this is an evolving space. Um, I like to think that in the same way that, you know, we've seen the advent of, you know, from wax cylinder to recorded music and the advent from the piano to the synthesizer. I'm hoping this is just another step in the evolution of music and it can be tools that bring out the creativity and create more equality across the industry when it comes to access but i would say even from my own opinion it's still a very much an evolving space and in the future i believe that ai used as a helper will create beautiful music and that we will listen to new styles which are amazing but this will never happen without the help of the musician who will take it and transform the ai inspiration into something new and to think like this is not something new it has been around in the history of television already someone thought about this from an experimental perspective these are the types of 
technologists and musicians who will who will push the boundaries and i i too would be interested to hear that and it's really throwing back now to there's an episode of star trek voyager where the doctor in the program who is a hologram uh learns to sing and then he goes to a planet that doesn't have music and they're all obsessed with him they think he's like you know the next god and then what they do is they duplicate his hologram and they give it songs to sing that are outside of the human range and they instantly just love this new version better and suddenly the original is is worthless and so i think i love it i think sci-fi can illuminate the way of where we're going and i certainly love a lot of this stuff from a, a thought experiment perspective i say it like it is i wanted to play you that scene here like the audio but then i got cold feet because of copyright so feel free to watch it by yourself it is the star trek voyager virtuoso episode season six episode 13. Thank you so much for talking to me, Hazel Savage. Wishing you all the best for your next projects. And maybe your old all-girl punk rock band Ginkinta will get late fame now after this episode. You never know. The world of music is with all of your tagging metadata and artificial intelligence maybe a bit predictable, but stays, in my opinion, even with all of that, still an unpredictable magic and creative place. That was the Iliac Suite. If you have a feedback, you can find all the contacts on my homepage and also all the details, links of this episode in the liner notes of the show. Thanks for listening, humans. Take care and behave. <laughs>